You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. We're coming live from our studio here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Brooks Childress and Cam Berry. A fun Friday show planned for you as we've got birthdays in sports. We'll chat with Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers at 4.15 today. 5.50, we'll have our nightly TV guide uh, brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. So a look at what our show uh, will be today on this Friday to get you into the weekend. As uh, we want to talk about the NBA draft that took place last night. Again, the College World Series moves on. We'll see a championship series between Ole Miss and Oklahoma. But now that the draft has come and gone, it's a bit of a dead quiet time for Auburn Athletics. Their athletic season has come to a close with Auburn baseball losing to Arkansas a little bit earlier in the week in the College World Series. So we'll discuss a lot of that. We'll talk about the weekend ahead, a really big series coming up this weekend for the Atlanta Braves as they take on Freddie Freeman. While we are on the air today during our show, there will be tons of photos filtering through social media from the reporters that are in Atlanta of Freddie Freeman hugging and reuniting with former yeah. teammates. And it's going to be emotional for a lot of us, uh, but uh, we'll talk about that all throughout today's program. JJ Cameron Brooks here inside our studios. The NBA draft came and went last night. Jabari Smith, the number three overall pick in the league, heads to the Houston Rockets. Walker Kessler a little bit later in the NBA draft. Put on a Memphis Grizzlies cap as he walked across the stage, but heading off to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So we'll discuss all of that on today's program. Brooksy, yeah. how's it going? It is going great. Yeah, NBA draft last night. It was uh, really fun. There was a lot of different trade movements around. Nothing too crazy groundbreaking yeah, yeah crazy i think who was the the it was it anthony uh, and melton got traded melton who was the other was it uh danny green danny green i danny wanted to say green. aaron gordon but it was not him right um uh danny Kimba green, walker was in a trade Kimba walker <sighs> was one of the bigger couple big names bigger names that were traded <laughs> last night but uh it's Walker's always the best player of those three best it, career of those three it's always interesting yeah. to these guys that you know they get who would you say no no like i agree it's just like not a very fruitful career. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're talking about, yeah, the lack yeah, of, yeah. of significant players there. Danny Green has the championship rings, three For championship sure. rings. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry, Brooks, I'm cutting you Continuous. off. Continue, sorry. We're really sorry. Um, it's always interesting, uh, as we saw last night, with some of these trades that go down because the league year hasn't started yet. Because that's why Walker Kessler had to put on the Grizzlies yeah. hat, and he had to go and answer questions about the Grizzlies. I, I saw a rundown. He answered three questions. They got asked three questions about playing with the Grizzlies, and it's like, well – 
he's not going to play with the Grizzlies. He's going to go play with the Timberwolves when it's all said and done. And so, you know, it, it's really fun. It's fun to see two Auburn guys get taken, uh, specifically two Auburn guys get taken in the first round. Uh, I think overall you look at it last night, um, obviously the uh, the it's disappointing that Jabari Smith was not the number one overall pick. But still, this is Jabari Smith was the highest and is the highest ever Auburn basketball player drafted Big in the night NBA for Auburn draft. Basketball. And so that's something to be very, very proud of. If you're Bruce Pearl in this uh, program, it's very something to be excited about. If you're the fan base, because you could see the the recruiting trending. Nothing, nothing is going to go down in recruiting as long as Bruce Pearl is here. You can see continue to see the uh, the effects of his recruiting uh, keep as they keep getting more and more talented guys into this program. Um, Houston had a really good night drafting overall. I agree. Um, I think they were one of Getting the t- Ty Ty Washington, one of the major, b- one of the uh, top t- uh, teams to get drafts uh, or drafting last night. Um, but yeah, really, really excited about that. Um, big news happened today in the state of Alabama football. Bill Clark from UAB, one of the uh, big names in the state of Alabama football, uh, retiring for at least a little bit uh, as he deals with some health issues. And so, want to wish him and his family the best. Uh, I know our, our good friend and co-host Ryan Lavoie is a big UAB football fan, of a UAB football advocate. Uh, Bill Clark brought that program back from the dead and has them at perennial success. And so it, it's a it's a rough day for in in for football as he he steps down and uh, hopefully. You know, he didn't close the door. He yeah. said he could be back, but he's got to deal with some health issues. Hopefully we see him back on a football field sometime soon because he's just he's a, a great football mind. And uh, yeah. Six seasons as the head coach of the Blazers, of course. Uh, that's not including the years that they did not have a football program. Bill Clark, 53 years old. So we'll see uh, when he's able to get back into the coaching biz if he does, in fact, decide to do that. Cam, how are you? Doing great, doing great. Um like Brooks was talking about, like you were talking about, watched the NBA draft last night. I'm very proud to see Jabari go number three overall, but disappointed because the hype and the consensus for, I mean, I would say at least the past two weeks, three weeks or so, was that Jabari was going to be the number one overall pick and he was going to go to the Magic. And then all of a sudden, just last night, I mean, you just kind of saw how Paolo Bancaro was kind of picking up steam and he was going to be the number all, number one overall pick. Um, I... I and and you know OKC staying fast and and drafting Chet um, just it didn't seem to change any of their plans. But uh, I think uh, Jalen Green and Jabari are going to have a great time together playing, um, and I think that they have a nice young foundation uh, out there in Houston now, uh, kind of recuperating and recovering from how things ended with James Harden um, last year. So uh, definitely definitely exciting exciting to see. Uh, definitely also excited to watch. Um, Game five of the NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoff. Uh, I, w- I would say that uh, the Avalanche are probably going to take it tonight, uh, probably close it out and, and get themselves a championship. Definitely uh, been rooting for them because of one of our friends, uh, Van and I's friends from Colorado, Evan. He's a big Avalanche guy. He's from, from Colorado, so kind of been rooting for his team and uh, happy to see them win a championship, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, but overall, I'm doing really, really good. Uh, excited for the weekend. Going to be going home and um, – see my mom so i'm ready yeah i'm excited i'm looking forward to the weekend i will be seeing my mother as well uh in atlanta seeing my brother uh also and uh watching the braves and dodgers tomorrow night it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun to see some fam and get to watch that baseball game that takes place there yeah jabari smith the newest member of the houston rockets the rockets drafted three sec players in the first round of the nba draft they had jabari smith at number three, uh, Tari Eason, the SEC Sixth Man of the Year 
out of LSU, went number 17. And then at the back end of the first round, they were, in fact, able to grab Ty Ty Washington from the University of Kentucky. Paula Bancaro goes number one overall to Duke. It is the Blue Devils' fifth number one uh, overall draft pick. Uh, that's a record throughout college basketball. Then, as you guys said, Chet Holmgren goes to Jabari Smith goes number three. Walker Kessler, uh, Brooks, you kind of mentioned the night he has, and it's just a kind of silly thing the NBA does or any sports I league does. When uh, a, t- a guy gets drafted, they've got to go across the stage wearing the, wearing the hat of the team that drafted them, not uh, where they're going to. The league calendar has not officially flipped over to the new league year, which is why that rule is in place, uh, but it's just really strange for Walker Kessler to talk about Memphis barbecue, and it's like, hey, buddy, <laughs> grab a parka. You're going to be in Minnesota. Yeah, going to be in Minnesota. And it's the second year in a row this has happened to an Auburn player. I don't know if people remember this last year, but JT Thor yep. was drafted by the Pistons, yep. but it, it technically it was the Hornets pick because they had traded it and had not given and hadn't gone through. So JT Thor was technically had to answer questions about the playing for the Detroit yeah. Pistons and being in the, the Motor City and then – Boom, he's in Charlotte. Not as many questions for Mr. JT Thor, no. given that he was not Second, at yeah. the arena. Uh, but there were a couple of guys. It was awesome, Brooks uh, and, and Cam, watching it. Even the very last pick was a prospect over from France. And guys that took a gamble on themselves knew yeah. they would probably be drafted. And they're like, you know what? I didn't get a green room invite, but I'm going to buy a ticket anyway mm-hmm. to be able to walk down and walk across the stage. So uh, just because you didn't get a draft room invite doesn't mean you can't be there. And we certainly saw a couple of guys make that walk all the way down from the crowd. A longer walk for them to get yeah, to the stage, but the, their their career, their lifetime basketball goal was able to come true last night, Brooks. I was uh, I wanted to look this up really quickly. Um, Jabari Smith is the third Auburn Tiger in history to be drafted by the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see who the other two was. Um, Henry Harris in 1972 was drafted by the Rockets, and then Rich, I don't know how to pronounce the name, Rich Velavicious, Velavicious, yes, uh, was drafted in 1979 by the Rockets. So Jabari Smith, the third. Auburn player to go to the Rockets. I don't think I was looking on here. I don't think an Auburn Tiger has ever been drafted by the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. Technically, he wasn't drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, he was drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies. But um, yeah, I, I think that uh, Walker Kessler is the first one to be picked and by the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. So some history continues to be. You know, we talk about these guys going to the NBA. They're hopefully both of them have some very successful careers. And back to what you were saying, um, JJ. Yeah, it, it's special. I mean, honestly, if I have a ch- if I think I have a chance to be drafted, I may do it. Yeah. I, I oh, think yeah. I would I would buy a oh, ticket yeah. and go there and sit there in the audience and no doubt. Hope hope that I get to walk down there and shake the commissioners or the uh, deputy commissioner's hand. But it's uh you know it, everyone wants that moment. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Like they one of the big things is on you know any draft that, they, that you see it watch on TV they show the pictures of the ki- of the draftees as little kids and they're like playing basketball in the front yard or something. It's that 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 point they're thinking oh I want to play I want to be like LeBron I want to be like Kobe I want to be like so and so and that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to get to the NBA and even if you're not a first round pick even if you don't get invited to the green room you still want to be there and experience that moment. Yeah, you might not get a table, you might yeah. not get a comfy place to sit, but you could buy yeah. you could buy seats and go uh, go sit somewhere and walk down. That's what uh, would be good draft research books. I might think you have to go back to to 1988 and I'm not even certain on this. But Brooks, if we knew before Jabari Smith last night, mm-hmm. 
who was the last Auburn Tiger player drafted that walked across the stage? Ooh, that's a great question. You know, because last season, both guys, JT Thor and Sharif Cooper, yeah, were not invited. No. They were not there. Isaac Okoro in 2020 went five overall. They didn't really have anything in person uh, that year, and Isaac Okoro was in Atlanta in his hometown right, when he was selected and celebrating. Chuma Okiki was a first-round draft pick. He was not invited to the NBA Green Room and was not there in person. I mean, you got to go back to a Chuck. long you think, time. You, you got to go back to Chuck. Probably, I was going to say, yeah. look Chris the, Morris was a top five pick oh, in 1988, okay, a couple okay. of years after Charles Barkley. I just don't know. Do you think if he would have been there or not? Uh, in 2000, uh, Mamadou was the 26th overall pick in the first round. It's 26 I just don't know picks if in. he I was just in. I don't know if you would have. And then you had um, Wesley Person, who was 23rd, who was first rounder. Chris Moore, like you said, Chris Morris, 88, was the fourth overall pick. And then hmm. Chuck Person, 86, was the fourth overall pick. Charles Barkley in 84 was the fifth overall pick. That would be, that is, that that's some good research. Definitely be interesting to see. Because some people obviously didn't get that opportunity to walk right. across. And we right. saw Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith get the opportunity to walk across Pretty and dope shake see. the commissioner's hand. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things um, was seeing all the pictures and all of the the love that both of those guys gave Auburn was seeing, you know, Walker had the AU across in the, on the inside of his jacket and Jabari had all the pictures and stuff inside of his jacket with all the Auburn stuff. I thought that was so cool. And they were just showing so much love. You saw Jabari showing, um, showing love to all the staff and saying that, you know, these are guys that really care about you. And I mean, if that's not, if that's not a recruiting tool that you can use, for years to come, I don't know what is if you're Bruce Pearl and you're the Auburn Tigers staff because, I mean, he was saying that these are guys that really care about you, they care about your well-being as a person. Jabari was like, I dealt with ups and downs during the season, and there there were guys that they were there for me, and um, just somebody people that he was able to talk to and that that uh, they showed that they cared about more than just his basketball skills, and it was just something that was completely remarkable um, and very nice to hear and see. There is a picture online that I have found of Wesley Person sitting, sitting at a microphone down, yeah. with the hat on in front of the NBA draft background. Yeah. So I would that would lead you to believe. I can't find the picture of him walking across the stage or anything, but yes, I do agree with you that it leads me to believe. But that was what, bro? 94, 95? Yeah. So this is the first time in the 21st century yeah. that Auburn basketball has had players get to walk across the stage dope, man. and represent uh, Auburn. Oh, as a, hold on. I found a picture. Got it. Let's go. Boom. There it is. David Stern commissioning, uh, shaking the commissioner's hand. Getty Images. I like it. Love I it. like it. So there's our answer. But it was, in fact, the first time in the 21st century that that has happened for Auburn men's basketball. Pretty good stuff. Let's go ahead and we'll take our first commercial break of today's show. On the other side, we'll celebrate some birthdays in sports and take your phone calls. This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program, Sports Call WTGZ Tiger 
J.J. Jackson, Cam Barry, and Brooks Childress here inside our studio. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. We'll take your phone calls here in a moment. Call us, 334-887-3401. What we want to do right now, though, as we do each and every day, let's celebrate some birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All right, Birthdays in Sports here today. We've got a couple, and we'll start in the basketball world. Let's keep talking NBA draft. A lot of these guys were drafted. All right, J.J. Reddick turns 38 years old, former NBA shooting guard, drafted 11th overall by the Magic, who had the number one pick in the 2006 NBA draft out of Duke. All-time leading scorer in the history of Duke University men's basketball, a consensus National College Player of the Year in 2006, and he was the first active NBA player to start a podcast during the regular season. He has turned that into a media career, doing really big things with ESPN and his own podcast, Old Man and the Three. I love that podcast. That's uh, J.J. Reddick, 38 years old. Old Man and the Three is so good. He's great. I enjoy it. He brings a different... uh, different angle especially since he's got his own thing and then he's also like a part of the traditional media and yeah. has been a player love watching it. the number of times i've told the story um is is plentiful but i'll remind people once again ever since i was born i've had my parents call me jj jj but then growing up in a duke family and then at the age of eight nine years old everyone's calling me jj and all of a sudden there's a duke player that's also named <laughs> jj and yeah, I was just like, yeah, I want to, I want to keep doing this thing. Keep calling me that. That's awesome. Happy birthday, JJ Redick. Uh, Taj Gibson, 37 years old, a current NBA power forward and center for the New York Knicks, drafted 26th overall in the 2009 NBA draft by the Chicago Bulls out of USC. Fight on. Taj Gibson, 37. Luke Kennard is turning 26, current shooting guard for the Los Angeles Clippers, picked 12th overall. By the Detroit Pistons out of Duke University. A lot of Duke birthdays. Today. Consensus. Second team All-American in 2017. ACC Tournament MVP in 2017. McDonald's All-American. Luke Kennard, 26 years old. A shooting guard for the Clippers. Shot over 40% from three-point range this season. Really productive for the LA Clippers. Antoine Winfield is turning 45. Former NFL cornerback, drafted 23rd overall in the 1999 NFL Draft by the Buffalo Bills out of Ohio State. Good luck, guys. Mitch Berger is 50, a former NFL punter, drafted in the sixth round of the 1994 NFL Draft to the Philadelphia Eagles out of Colorado. Buffs. A Super Bowl champion, two-time Pro Bowler. He's got over 35,000 punt yards in his NFL career. Punters are people too. I was about to say, that's something to be proud yeah. of. A punter is the weirdest position in sports. <laughs> Let me in get back sports? to that in a moment. In sports? Right. In sports. All right, I would like you to defend that. Sean Ellis is 45 years old, a former NFL defensive end, drafted 12th overall in the 2000 NFL Draft to the New York Jets, out of Tennessee, won the 1998 National Championship at the Fiesta Bowl, Wow, with the Tennessee Volunteers. A look at our birthdays in sports here on June 24th. J.J. Reddick turns 38. Taj Gibson is 37. Luke Kennard, 26. Antoine Winfield is 45. Mitch Berger is 50. 
and Sean Ellis is 45. If it is your birthday on June 24th today, we would like to wish a very happy birthday to you. J.J. Jackson with Canberry and Brooks Childress. Do you have another position in sports that's weirder? Weirder than punter? Yeah, is that the word I use, weirdest? Yeah, yeah. you said the weirdest. Long snapper. Mm, yeah, long snapper could be. Yeah, that's a weird I could position. put them hand in hand. I could put them hand in hand. Mm. Trying to think of. No, I think I still would put what? punter behind long snapper. I mean, and here's why. All right, thirty-five thousand yards of punt yardage uh-huh. in a career. Outstanding. Not denying Mitch Berger, a Pro Bowler. Okay, obviously during his day, if you're a Pro Bowler, you're one of the best punters that there are. Why do you punt the football, Cam? To give the other team possession and not give them. I mean, you want to pin the team as close to their right. So yeah. why are you having to punt? Oh, because you turn the ball over on down. Because your offense lets yeah. you down. Yeah, offense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, like, I'm the guy okay. that so, I'm yeah. only getting to participate because <laughs> my team wasn't great. Okay. Okay. I can I, see where you're going. Okay. I, I, I and then a long logic. snapper, my job is to then snap the ball right. to the guy that is only out there on the field because the offense didn't do well. And the reason I'm putting long snapper ahead of punter is because the long snapper is also on your field goal unit. Yep. And at least with your field goal unit, you're scoring, you're scoring points. Fair enough. True. Name a weirder position in sports than a punter, and you can't. I was trying to think. I, not, I mean, basketball's got too few positions to have a weird... weird in basketball, thing. you're playing both ends of the floor. Right. Everybody's the doing time. the same thing. You're not necessarily specialized. Um, yeah, I don't I, know. You know maybe I'd, have to, I'd have to look into some The only sports. thing that's coming up in my head right now, because I'm so adamant about this and I'm smart for coming up with this thought, maybe a long reliever in baseball. Because my team is doing so lousy... My jo- they don't want to go to the better arms in the bullpen, <laughs> yeah. right? And so we're like, eh, you know, Johnny hasn't pitched in several <laughs> days. We just got to get on to tomorrow. Let's go right, let Johnny right, right. throw for four innings here. Just trying to think That's of what, what it could, what anything else could be. Everyone else, I mean, I, I think you I have always thought about that when we celebrate punters. And look, the Carolina Panthers just brought Johnny Hecker over from the Rams. They just brought a Super Bowl champion in to be their punter for this next season. That's awesome. But is it really all? I mean, you got to have them. I understand. It is very important in the game because your offense lets you down and you want to pin somebody deep. But I I just, I don't know. That's my take of the day. All right. It's the weirdest position in sports. Punters are the weirdest position in sports. I mean, I I, I can't find any holes in your logic. I can't really argue with you. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking, but. You guys tried it first. Yeah. But then I'm like, hey, guys, look. Long snapper was my best argument. Yeah. If they're on the field, your offense lets you down. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not gotta, a, there is not a single, the there is not a single football fan out there that is like, you know what? I want to see the punter. <laughs> Get him out there on the field. Let's see what he's got. Yeah, if they're not like family or friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not vibing with it. Uh, we got to take a commercial break. Sports call continues in a moment. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. 
Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Let's keep the show moving along here on this Friday. JJ Cam and Brooks inside our studios here on South College Street. Auburn Bank again is the sponsor of our phone line. We want to use that phone line to talk with you. What is on your mind on this Friday in sports? We talk about our uh, Sports Call Monthly predictions. Well, one came uh, into play last night. Before the month of June started, we were asked who will be the number one overall pick in the 2022 NBA Draft. Did anybody pick Paolo? A few people you? picked uh, Probably. Jabari Smith. Yeah. A few people picked Chet Holmgren. Nobody picked Paulo Bencaro. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody predicted Paulo being there at the top. I figured if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be you. It would be me. Yeah. I went with Chet Holmgren. Yeah. And I, um, I went with Chet as well. Unfortunately uh, for us, no points were awarded there. And uh, Jabari Smith falls to number three. Paulo goes one. Chet Holmgren two. Jabari Smith three. Uh, also monthly predictions. Last week we had Matt Fitzpatrick win the U.S. Open. Nobody predicted that one. So uh, we will see. Our last one remaining in June is the Stanley Cup Finals. Who wins the Stanley Cup Finals? Avalanche. You pick the Avs? Yes, that is also another reason why I want the Avalanche to win. So you can get the point right. because I get the point for the monthly prediction. Yeah. Brooks, who did you pick? I did not pick the Avalanche. I picked Tampa Bay. I've also picked Tampa Bay. They've won two in a row, and we were greedy. Let's see if the Lightning can get three in a row. They're down 3-1. It's not over yet. Uh, but the series could end tonight. Let's take some phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll-free one 9 tiger 9 As we go back to the Auburn Bank phone line and joining us now... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us on the program. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon and War Dam Auburn basketball. War Eagle, War sir. Eagle. Now, having said all that, guys, I've got to let you know um, I'm really happy for both uh, first time in uh, Auburn basketball history for two players to have been picked in the first round uh, in, the, in the same draft. And I just saw here from 247 Sports that uh, apparently the starting salary or the starting the, the, the base is around 23 point million, I think, for the uh, number three pick. But apparently it maxes out at 39.8 million, which is apparently what it's being uh, to us, what I call spot tracks uh, for uh, – Mr. Jabari Smith, $39.8 million. And then Mr. Kessler's uh, pick is apparently might get him around $13.8 million, which is, is not a thing to sneeze at. Here's, here's what I want. I really want, guys, a reasoned explanation okay. for how did all of these products, and I say probably 85% of them, uh, had Jabari Smith you know, going in the first round to Orlando Magic. Uh, and how did he slip? If you call it slip, but I do, because I saw what the maximum would be around $59 million for the first round pick, lottery pick. Uh, but how did he slip from a number one pick to number three pick, given that the, these, these are facts that Mr. Javari Smith actually went to the Orlando Magic for, I guess, some shooting around or uh, for some exposure, uh, practicing? And Mr. Banchero, is that how you pronounce his name? Yes. Uh, didn't set foot with Orlando Magic at all. Uh, and then uh, the other guy, uh, uh, the second-round pick, didn't even set foot in Oklahoma 
uh, at all. But our man sets foot twice at Royal the Magic. Uh, was he misled in any way, guys, by those people? Or because he looked a little bit disappointed. Uh, I was just reading his facial expression when the first round name was picked. I wouldn't say that he was misled. I mean, you know, it, it is kind of disappointing because I think, you know, he did hear from a lot of different sources that he was going to be the number one overall pick. Um, with the Thunder, I mean, Paolo said himself he didn't work out with the Magic, but he did everything else. Um, he, you know, went and visited the facility, went and talked to them and met with the higher ups with them. So, you know, they kind of they knew who he was. It, it, it wasn't like it was necessarily a shot in the dark. Um, I think all three of those guys interviewed there. Um, you know, they, they talk about the top three in this draft. Any three of those guys could have gone number one. Um, it was just a matter of what you felt you liked better about a certain person, a certain guy that you that, you know, the other two might not have had. Um, if they if all three of these guys were in three separate drafts, I think they would have all went number one, um, you know, in the in their respective draft classes. So it's just one of those preference things. Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say they were that Jabari was misled, though. I think it'll add a chip to his shoulder, which is what he said. Um, and, you well, know, if you chip to your shoulder, that somehow means that. You thought you were going to get something, yeah, and you didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, he felt like he was worthy of being the number one overall pick. You know, uh, he felt yes, like he, he was the alone. best. Skip Bayless on, on uh, ESPN, I, mean, I know you saw it. He had him as the number one pick, right, yeah. guys? A lot of people yeah, did. a lot of people did. You so know, I'm and, asking you, what changed? Because in the last eight hours, something changed. Because all these prognosticators on these websites I was going to, had the odds in favor of Jabari, and then they swung. Yeah, and, the and we talked. We talked to Ben Golliver, who was there on hand with the Washington Post and NBA yeah. Insider yesterday on the show, and he thought Jabari Smith was here. Here's the one thing we're not considering, and and it is a draft. We see this right. in every single Things sport, change. or not even that. Orlando doesn't have to tell anybody no. what they're thinking, and they kept it close to the vest yep. the whole time. Why would they get? Why would if you were an NBA franchise? Why would you tell other teams what you're planning to do? You're worried about what you're doing and what you're doing only. And so they made the decision without telling anyone that they were going to take Paulo Bencaro. Everyone assumed that, that they would take Jabari, Jabari Smith. Yep. So just because Jabari didn't go number one doesn't mean Orlando did anything wrong. They just kept it close to the vest with what they were going to do. Right. No, I don't think they did anything wrong. I'm just wondering, okay, what has so many prognosticators? These people get paid to do what they do. Uh, and they got it so wrong. I mean, they're just guessing. I mean, you know, that's all you can do. You can just kind of guesstimate and who you think is the best. These guys are saying who they think is the best, who they think should go number one. And the Magic felt different. They felt like Paolo could have – I mean, they felt like Paolo was their best bet at number one, so they, they selected him. All right. Now, I'm going to throw something at you, and you're welcome to shoot it down, okay? Uh, actually, this comes from my son because I asked him what he thought because uh, he's a basketball uh, player, he played a lot, and he knows these teams and players. And he thought he says, he, in fact, he is anti-conspiracy theories. But he says, Dad, this is what I'm, I'm going to throw at you. I said, What? So how do you explain this? What happened? He says that he has seen historically in his 37 years of life uh, a, a a lack of, I guess, of uh, respect uh, in the pro in pro sports, all pro sports, uh, towards anything that has the brand name of Auburn on it, and that there seems to be a bias, as he sees it, with certain other brand names by the pro sports uh, establishment, like if the name Duke is attached to it, or if the name, you know, uh, 
Alabama was attached to it, uh, depending on the sport. Guys, what's your take on that? Do, do you think there is a, uh, like my, my son believes, a slight brand name bias uh, when it comes to the, the pro sports team? towards anything that has Auburn's name on it? In, in those or, respects, I don't know that bias is the word to go yeah. to with this, uh, but you do have to... Influence? I- influence, sure, uh, because those schools have had track records yeah. of success. As we said a moment ago, this is the fifth number one draft pick to come out of Duke University, who had the all-time winningest coach in the history of college basketball, was the head coach of Team USA, knew the best basketball players in the entire world. That basketball program is very plugged in. In college football, Alabama wins and wins and wins and wins, and they have the greatest college football coach in the history Even of the sport in Nick Saban. Or bust, because some of them have been bust for Alabama. They've gone in the first round. You know and that. some of the first-round picks from Duke have been bust, too. Oh, but more times them. than not, it's, it's, it's going to be a gamble. And more yeah. times than not, you're going to, if you're an NBA franchise or an NFL franchise or a professional sports team, you know, hey, I've had more players come from Duke than I have from Auburn basketball. I've had more NFL players come from Alabama than I have Auburn football. So more times than not, you're going to be persuaded on the side of to be like, hey, history, history. shows yeah. that this is uh, the, the right move to make here. All right. Well, having said that, guys, you know what happened in 1984 in the draft pick, right? Charles Barkley? Nope. What's that? Oh, Michael Jordan going number three. That's correct. Yeah, very uh, yeah. good. Very good. I couldn't stop you. <laughs> so uh, at least that's something uh, to consider and think about, right? There have been a lot of good players to go number three overall. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum most recently went third in the 2017 NBA draft yep. and uh, was a first-team All-NBA player this year, led the Celtics all the way to the finals. So, uh, yeah, just because you're the third pick doesn't Luka mean your career's three. already deleted. Yeah, Luca went number and, three as well. Uh, I also saw from uh, Jason Caldwell that apparently Auburn was only one of five uh, – college basketball programs that had more than one uh, first-round draft pick yesterday. Yeah, yeah and big time. Yeah, that's something to be really I mean, proud of, and it's a testament to what Bruce Pearl has built. But even still, to go further beyond that, to speak to the bias that may be in persuasion, how many first-round picks did Auburn have last night? Two. Two. How many did Duke have last night? Double that, yeah, four. Four. Yeah. four. And five total players drafted. They have NBA talent on their team Every single Every season, up and down the roster. Well, having said that, guys, I've read that now that Auburn has um, got an affiliation for an NIL, uh, um, I guess, affiliation uh, program. Uh, is that something that can maybe begin uh, leaning uh, the, the scales towards uh, favor, helping Auburn to be more, uh, I guess, uh, in, the, in the spotlight for getting you know highly. You would hope. You would hope, and I saw that press release a little bit earlier in the week. I need to do more research and homework on reading that, and I know Alan Green spoke to it uh, and what it's going to be able to do for the athletic department, but uh, it's obviously becoming a factor, and uh, hopefully this can be uh, to Auburn's advantage. And could that also spill over and help the baseball program? Yeah, I mean, uh, baseball, you, you certainly hope so because, like we said, they are limited with just 11, right 11.7 scholarships uh, yeah. for the sport. And then not to mention Alabama not having the lottery system that other schools uh, in college baseball are able to take advantage of. So hopefully it is able to help the baseball program. All right, finally, guys, your take. Who's going to win the World Series uh, this coming weekend? 
I think Ole Miss is going to take it. I think they're just on fire right now. Only one loss in these in this postseason. Uh, I I just think they're just on a heater. They're playing really well. Yeah. Oklahoma is too. Oklahoma I would probably well. lean Old Miss. Okay, because I'm tired of Old Miss. I mean, uh, uh, Oklahoma. They've already won in softball, <laughs> and uh, I don't know where do they get these players. Are they all in Texas? Yeah, and I'll remind people also, like we talked about on yesterday's show, they won the softball national championship. Auburn made it to their first ever Final Four in gymnastics this year. Who won the national championship in gymnastics? Oklahoma, Oklahoma did. Oklahoma. So, uh, is so this would NIL? be their third team national championship. What what gives, guys? I mean, what's the explanation? How's Oklahoma getting all these top-rated programs in all these sports? I think they've got great coaching and they've got yep, success I in agree. those programs. And then, but let's also this baseball team has just been on a great run. They were not a national seed. Uh, they've just played really good ball at the end of the year. Okay, well, I'm worn out. Uh, I'm glad uh, uh, that uh, our guys uh, got the uh, the picks uh, that came uh, their way, and uh, I just hope that this will encourage you know more all. All-American, all, uh, McDonald's All-American recruits to, to look at Auburn more than they have in the past. I uh, hope that happens, and in baseball as well. So with that said, guys, thanks for letting me ramble so much. And uh, I'll let the conspiracy theories go to the side. Uh, it's just how the uh, the cars fall sometimes. So thanks for your time. I know my time is way, way up. Uh, have you all, please, a relaxing and a safe, enjoyable uh, uh, weekend. And I think somebody said they were going down to visit their mother. Is that Mr. Camberry? Yes. Yes, sir. You enjoy your time, sir. Uh, you. with the with your mother and for the rest of y'all stay out of trouble the war eagle gonna do it thanks steve we appreciate that phone call 334-887-3401 that was our good buddy retired war name steve joining us there on the program brooks what would you like to comment on conspiracy theories that might be in place with auburn athletics i don't think i i don't think it's a bias toward uh, against auburn in in the uh in the world of professional sports it's like you guys said the, you've got guys, you know, you've got historic programs that are, you know, you tend to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes yep. to players, but you've also got historic coaches. I think it would be more so on the coaching side. Historic programs get good coaches. Alabama got Bear Bryant. They had Gene Stallings. They had um, uh, Nick Saban. They, you, when you've got a really, really good program, you're going to continue to get really, really good coaches, and that means really, really good coaches are going to bring in really, really good players. And the professional teams are going to look at those coaches and say, you're a really good coach. You're recruiting some of the highest talent, and you can develop – like, you look at it, unless there's just obvious that you can't develop talent, but you can, you know, get guys to play in your system, professional teams are going to look at those bigger programs and say, these guys have the talent, they know what they're doing, and a lot of times – they're and they're ready for the the professional leagues. You look at you know a, a program. If we want to take basketball, like like Duke, you had Coach K there, who's one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time, if not the greatest college basketball coach of all time. Had NBA talent on the roster every single year, and he coached Team USA for years, and so he knew what the NBA was made of. He knew the best of the best in the NBA. He knew what they needed, what those players needed to develop into his players needed to develop into NBA players, and he did that. And so when you see five guys get picked last night from Duke, it's because Coach K knew what he was doing and it's knew what the NBA needed. Yeah. When you see 2,700 Alabama players get picked in the first round since Nick Saban's been there, it's because Nick Saban has coached the best of the best. He's been in the NFL. He's been in the higher ranks of college football. He knows what it takes to get players to the next round and develop them. 
and it's just you know it's the the professional teams know what they're looking for bill belichick is one of the greatest nfl coaches of all time every single year he is at alabama's pro day yep there's some you know there's a lot of places that he does not go every single year unless there's a top prospect every single year he's at alabama's pro day without fail and it's it's you know there there's no biased it's just there's a talent gap and you need if you're if you're a place like auburn or a you need to find trying to find a way to get the coaches to, into your program that are going to develop that talent and that's how you that's how you close the gap is you get coaches in that can that can develop that talent but until you can theoretically try to do that there's going to be these bigger teams and the more historic programs that continue to get bigger and better coaches that are going to continue to have that gap between them and everybody else. And it's a step in the right direction for sure for Bruce Pearl and what yeah. he's doing for oh, yeah. his program. And, to have and two you can in see the first round. more success uh, moving forward to that. Uh, that being said, it's also important to credit just how unbelievable basketball players Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler were and what they were able to accomplish and the improvements that they had this season. On the day after the 2021 NBA draft, though, guys, if you looked at 2022 mock drafts, you saw Jabari Smith's name and you saw Walker Kessler's name. Yep. Just because all uh, this is where I want to say also we've got these expectations and Auburn's going to be a really good basketball team this upcoming season. Today, when you're looking at 2023 NBA mock drafts, you are not seeing a player at the top of the draft from Auburn right now. There will be a little bit of a drop-off in terms of the sheer basketball right. talent uh, that Auburn's going to have next season. You're still going to have to go out and get just unbelievably uh, incredible basketball players. I think the team's going to be great this upcoming season. We're still very far away, 137 days away from college basketball That's so getting far. underway. Um, I take that back. Yesterday was 137. Let's do some math. 136 so uh, days away from, from college basketball it's being not here. any less farther, JJ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we still got a ways to go. 71 days before Auburn's first game of the season against Mercer. Right? Mercer's the first opponent? For football? Yes. 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 So uh, 71 days away from that. Uh, coming up at 415, Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers will join our show. We'll talk about the end of the year for this Auburn baseball program. Got a nightly TV guide coming up. Going to talk a little bit more about college football because we love talking about that every day of the week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we want to hear from you. Please give us a phone call, 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. Fun first hour, Brooks. It flew by. Yeah. It always does. It always does. I agree. Is it the quickest hour, you think? Yeah. I think so. I, I yeah. probably think so. Because you're Cause fired up, you're some, ready to go. That, right. That third and some, hour is pretty some fast, days, too, though. It is, but some days it can also drag a little bit. True. I don't know. Have we ever had a first hour that drags a little bit? No. Yeah. Mm, it right, is really. always the first one that kind of flies by. All right. Look, let, there's the music. Let's uh, let's get on out of here, take a quick break, and then we'll have that second hour of Sports Call coming up in just a moment. Alongside Cam Berry and Brooks Childress, my name is J.J. Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call gets started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here in studio, hanging out with Cam Berry and Brooks Childress. If you want to be a part of the show, 334-887-3401. Brooks, tonight the Braves take on the Dodgers. That's right. The Braves are also welcome back in Freddie Freeman, giving him his uh, World Series ring tonight, as they've done with several other members of the 2021 World Champion team. Yeah. Um, was it? So that means it was Jock Peterson crying. was the last one to get his ring earlier this week. Yep. So they, Freddie Freeman's the next one on the list to come in, and he'll get his ring tonight. And uh, Video's all over Twitter right now. He's doing his uh, pregame presser with some of the uh, media there in Atlanta. Very emotional uh, for him. Very emotional uh, time for a lot of Braves fans. And so... You know, he's back, and unfortunately for the Braves, is it seems like Freddie Freeman's getting hot right now. He had a big series in, up in Cincinnati this past week. He had a few home runs up there against the Reds, and that's something the Braves don't fans don't want to hear when you hear Freddie Freeman's coming back, is yeah. that he's getting hot and he's going to be playing against you. Woo-hoo. And so the, the good news is the Braves don't have to face uh, Clayton Kershaw. He went yesterday, but... I was, you, you don't have to, guess what? You still have the rest of the, the that pitching staff you have to, uh, to deal with. Uh, Julio Urias going tonight for the Dodgers. Um, but it's a big three-game weekend series that the Braves can take at least one of these from the Dodgers. You really like uh, where they're at. Uh, I, hopefully, they can take two out of three from the Dodgers at home because they lost two out of three to the Dodgers on the road earlier this uh, in the in the schedule this is the last time you're going to see the Dodgers until possibly the postseason if you meet them there and so you got to make these count you got to make these uh the series uh, uh you got to got to have a good series against the Dodgers especially when you're still trying to chase down the Mets and even though it's not an NL East series you've got to come out of this series every win matters every win matters and then especially if you're going into next week the first of next week you're taking on the Phillies, and so that's a big NLE series uh, coming up. So the Braves have a big weekend against the Dodgers, big week coming up next week against the Phillies, and get started tonight when you hand over those that World Series ring. Yeah, you'll be able to read all about the uh, Braves schedule next week, Tuesday, when we do the Braves Notebook that comes out at 9 a.m. on every Tuesday morning. So Yep, the Tiger.fm, yes, and uh, you can always listen to Braves baseball on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. For the Braves Radio Network. Baseball on radio is something that so many people have loved listening to over the years. And if it's okay with you, Brooks, I'd like for us to be 
elite All right. at everything we do. I'm always elite. And so as Freddie Freeman gets set to play in his first game against the Braves inside Truist Park and receive his World Series ring, let's hear directly from Freddie Freeman moments ago. Freddie Freeman on winning and receiving a World Series ring tonight for the Atlanta Braves. But for me, a World Series ring is more than a ring. I think when you're a kid, all you dream about is making it to the big leagues. It's everyone's dream. And then you get to the big leagues, and then you just want to stay. And then when you're lucky and blessed enough to be able to stay, your whole mindset changes. And all you want to do is win. Because no kid wants to thinks about a World Series, they just think about, I want to be in the big leagues, you know? And when you get here, and you get to put on that Braves jersey, say 14 and a half years, because I had to put on a Pelicans jersey for half a year, so. <laughs> um, the only thing that matters is winning. And we went through a lot of up and downs in my 12 years. And then we reached the pinnacle last year of winning it all. That ring is just not a ring to me. That's um, all the sacrifices, all the missed family time, all the hours, the broken wrists, the 14 hour bus rides, the minor leagues, before you get into hotels, the grind every single year. To finally win it. Man, there's still a better feeling in this sport. So, and to do it with Smith, Wall, Eric, Wash, Sal, Rick Granitz, Alex, Terry, and all those guys in the uniform in that clubhouse that are still there and some that aren't. That ring is good. There's nothing better. That's Freddie Freeman right there. That is the Braves' uh, former first baseman, now a current first baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers, talking about winning a World Series ring tonight. And you can tell yeah. how much emotion he is going through. Uh, not fighting back tears at this point. I mean, he's outright crying and uh, talking about just what it means. There's no animosity at all. As a lot of the writers and reporters are talking about from Freddie right now, no talk whatsoever about contract negotiations going this way or that way. It's just sadness yeah. from Freddie Freeman that he does not wear a Braves jersey anymore. Yeah, I mean, as there shouldn't be any type of animosity, you know, I, I that that ring meant a lot. Clearly, as you can see, like it, as you could hear, it meant a lot to Freddie. It meant a lot to the city of Atlanta as well. Just um, something that everybody was able to experience it was it was just i mean exciting to be a part of exciting to watch um i i mean i can't imagine how he's feeling right now just you know coming back i mean you could just see um just looking at the video right now i mean you can just see the emotion just on his face and just it, it's hard for him um to be back here but um you know it, we got the ring and i'm glad that you know there is no 
bitterness at least from him against how and how everything is um towards atlanta um i'm just happy to have him back happy happy for him to be here um i want him to go you know hitless against <laughs> us completely but you know um I, i'm i'm glad he'll be able to get his ring and celebrate with us celebrate with his former teammates um i think that's going to be a really cool reunion let's get a little bit more sound here freddie freeman ahead of tonight's game his first game back at truist park here's the former brave slugger um this is where I walked in every single day. Saw you guys every single day. Uh, I drove in today and I saw 14 Freeman Prime jerseys. Took that for granted. I think I'm crying so much because some of you know all of that, what happened. So it's hard. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be compartment in life anything about tonight, even even tomorrow on Sunday, because tomorrow's crowd is going to be a whole different crowd. Sunday's crowd is going to be a whole different crowd, too, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to today. But I'm hoping it's Monday soon. <laughs> Gosh, this is a lot harder than I thought. Freddie Freeman. Hope it's Monday soon. It's uh, it's pretty hard. You could tell, Brooks. Yeah, I mean, spent what fourteen? He said fourteen and a half years there. Yeah, that's uh, it, all he knew. It, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's basically it's kind of it, it's kind of the same feeling that you had when you went off to college your first time. Yeah, you know, Literally. you spent you know eighteen years at home, and unless you went to college, you know, at home, and you lived at home. You you didn't know anything else, and you went off, and then when you came back, it kind of felt you know like you were coming home. But listen, I'm 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 the same sentiment as Cam. I you know I hope Freddie Freeman continues to be one of the best first basemen in Major League Baseball. I hope he continues to have a, a great great career. Um, this weekend, I'd like him to go. You know what? He's got four at bats, twelve, three for twelve this weekend, three singles, no RBIs. I'd like him to get a hit. I would. I want him to. I want to hear the Braves crowd if he gets Same. a hit. But I want him to go three for twelve, no RBIs, three singles, does not score a run, and gets his World Series ring. Why not go twelve for twelve? Bro? No, and just no, not not win. No. Why can't no. you cheer for his success? No. No. no, I just want one hit a game. No, because his okay. success means that they will win. I don't need that. I just want to, you know, just one hit. All right. I, I agree hit. with Brooks. One hit every just game. Single. Ask the questions. No RBI. You know. But if he goes 12 for 12, he's lighting us uh, up. That'd be a big weekend. <laughs> tonight, by the way, uh, fun fact about tonight, will be Freddie Freeman's first career at bats versus Ian Anderson. Ooh, that's awesome. Freddie Freeman has yet to face Ian Anderson in his career. All right. So first time Ian Anderson will pitch to Freddie Freeman we get to in see a that. live baseball setting tonight. Best stuff. We get to see that a little bit later. All right, let's take a break. Brooks Childress, Canberry, join me on the other side of this break. Shift gears a little bit. Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers will talk with us next here on Sports Call.
Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Cam Berry and Brooks Childress. As uh, we're excited to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the program, our pal Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. Take a time out of his Friday to chat with us here on the program. The time is always greatly appreciated. Jason, how are you? I'm good, guys. How about y'all? Uh, we're doing very well. Excited to catch up with you and talk about various things going on in the world of Auburn athletics and across the sports world. Uh, we saw the end of the Auburn baseball season come a little bit earlier this week. How, what a job by this Auburn baseball team in the run they were able to go on, ultimately winning one game there in Omaha. Jason, what'd you make of it? Yeah, I, you know, I thought it was a team that, um, that man, they gave everything they had, and that's all you can ask for when you start talking about a team first and foremost. And I thought the staff did a great job of putting guys in in, in place. And I mean, people people kind of forget about it, but you know, they lost the Friday night starter in Hayden Mullins. You know, you lost uh, you know Josh Hall, who was a corner outfielder. That you know, it, it kind of put them down a couple of you know left-handed at bats in, in the lineup. So when Bobby Pierce steps up and, and does a great job in right field, we saw the end of the year Mike Bellow step up and, and, and do a great job in left field. And you know, pitching-wise, just picked up. And, and so I thought they did a really good job of, of kind of next man up mentality all season long for this team. And man, got an Omaha, got them a win for only the third time in school history, and just continues to to kind of build. Um, and that stair-stepping program that, that Butch Thompson's talked about since he got on campus. Jason, speaking of Butch Thompson, talk about the job that him and the rest of that coaching staff did this year with a team that was projected to finish last in the SEC West and then take them to Omaha and win a game in Omaha. Talk about just everything that went into this year with that coaching staff to get them to this point. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. And, and, you know, I would say that media prognostications for most sports uh, are, are usually – pretty off base um it's 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 not it's more difficult in, in baseball than anywhere um especially now with the transfer portal you look at auburn and you know they had some injuries on the pitching staff last year and you look at them in texas a&m and, and those two teams were picked sixth and seventh in the west and both those teams played the college world series that's how quickly things can change but you know uh it's a couple of injuries but for the most part they did stay healthy and so that's a big deal when you start talking about um your kind of survival and, and advancing, doing some of the things they had to do this season. But yeah, just, just, you know, it's it's about the right fit. And you hear, you know, hear, you know, Bruce Pearl talk about it all the time. Uh, it's the right fit for what you want to do as a program, what you're looking for as, as to kind of join your roster, those kind of things. You saw that with Sonny Deshera and Bruce Carlson, Tommy Sheehan, Chase Isbell, some of these guys they brought in. There were transfers that, man, seamless transition for those guys and what they were able to do. So, um, thought it was a really big deal and, and played a big part in uh, the success of this team. But that, that it starts with the top. It starts with, the, you know, developing an identity as a program, what you want to be and who you are. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that Bush Thompson has preached since he got on campus and really before he got on campus. That's who he was, an assistant coach. And now he's, he's translated that over to, to, to taking over the role as a head coach. 
And then, Jason, looking at this team now, we've already seen a couple guys, you know, posting on social media saying, you know, thank you all. And it looks like they're they're moving on with their uh, baseball careers. And there's a couple guys that have posted, you know, be back next year or something like that. Uh, are, are there any what notable guys do you have you heard of that you could see coming back next year for this Auburn baseball team? And what guys do you think are going to go ahead and take that next step and uh, either, you know, with the next step with their their college degrees or uh, heading to the MLB? Yeah, I think it's it's tough because the, the draft plays such a, you know, it's different than than football or or basketball because the, you know in, in the draft you can, it's it's the difference between how much they want to pay somebody and a signing bonus and and so most of the time the guys will go in and say look it's not necessarily the floor I mean not necessarily the ceiling of what I want it's the floor of what I need to sign and so you know for guys like Mason Barnett, Trace Bright, Blake Burkhalter, those guys that are juniors that have more eligibility. They'll, they go into it going, hey, look, I've got to have this much in a signing bonus. Uh, and, and they So you never really know. I do know that a guy like Chase Isbell is a guy that I think plans to return. He really came on at the end of the year. And I think, you know, a year coming off Tommy John surgery, he's a guy that could really step up into that closer role. Because uh, I would expect Blake Burkhardt to be gone for the year he had. I think he's going to be a very, very, a very, uh, very wise choice for someone that's looking for, you know, that closer relief role down the stretch. So, um you know, look at you know Sonny Deshaire. I think it's going to be almost impossible to match what he did this season. When you start talking about his numbers, um, if you have desire to play pro baseball, and you start looking at it, going, um, this is probably as, as hot as he will ever be. And so I think you look and you got to take your chances probably now for Sonny Deshaire. But if you come back, somebody says, hey, I'll give you five thousand dollars, then you may say, you know what, I'll go back and play another year. So it's all kind of hinges on really signing bonus what guys are looking for uh, potentially out of the draft. And then you look at, you know, the, the the world that we live in in college athletics already, the transfer portal starts turning. Auburn's already got a few guys on the baseball side of things that have said, I want to come and play at Auburn from the transfer portal. Is there any of those guys that really stand out to you, or is there any guys that you, you see on the horizon that could that could be giving Auburn a serious look? Yeah, I think it'll continue to grow as, as the season, you know, winds to a close in, in Omaha. I think you'll see more and more guys get in the transfer portal. Like I said, Auburn's already added a, you know, they have um, a, a corner outfielder um, kid that went to Kent State, had 16 home runs last year. So that's a guy that you think about potentially at one of those corner outfield spots. Um, could add in, you add a transfer first baseman from Kansas, 6'4", 250, lefty, a guy with some power. Um, so that's one there. You had a starting pitcher that actually led the nation in ERA, pitching in Miami, Ohio this year. They could come in as a potential weekend guy. It'd be a middle relief kind of guy, but a guy that can help you. So they've added a couple of those pieces already. Uh, now you kind of see what the rest of this transfer market looks like, and you know all that may depend too on on your signee. Uh, they got you know uh, some guys that that have a chance to uh, to get drafted. Guys like Ike Irish, the catcher, uh, Zach Crotchfelt, pitcher. Um, a couple of guys like that that they potentially could lose out of their signing class. If that were to happen, then you probably go a little bit more heavy into a transfer market. So a lot of that kind of depends too on what this draft looks like. How do you properly put a value assessment on what Butch Thompson has done for this baseball program, Jason? Hard to do. It's, it's really hard to do because um, when you start looking at it, I, I think it's 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 really big uh, the value because you start looking at it. I tell people all the time, and um, you know, I, I started covering Auburn baseball in 1999. They made a College World Series in 1994. They made a College World Series in 1997, and I went, 
you know what? I'll be back in Omaha every three or four years at worst, probably. And, you know, probably make a three or four trips every 10 years. It took me to 2019 to get there covering Auburn baseball. That's, that's how different it is now. Auburn's been back two of the last three college baseball seasons. And just think about this. In 2017, they were an hour away in Tallahassee from posting a Super Regional. They would have posted the Sam Houston State at home. Could have very well been in the College World Series in 2017. And that 2018 team goes to Gainesville and plays Florida toe-to-toe in a Super Regional. We, Auburn could have made four trips in five seasons under Butch Thompson to the College World Series. That's how close they were. Um, the value, everything involved um, on and off the field um, is just a huge boost for Auburn baseball and um, hopefully and fortunately, I think people have seen that. We saw some of that regional. Now the next step is, um, you know, monetarily in terms of, you know, things that the program needs that come through the various ways. Uh, you know, the NIL part of things for Auburn baseball could be really valuable moving forward. And in facilities, uh, there's some things that obviously that Auburn needs to do to, to try to get on par with some of its rivals and try to close the gap a little bit. All those things are things that, that, you know, you're Butch Thompson and, and these guys now, you go, hey, um, we've done this while being last in the West in facilities. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's try to see what that looks like if we can move up the second order a little bit. Jason, this next question is inspired by Twitter, but I want to hear the reaction from you. Brian Stoltz wants to know what it was like to spend 30 hours in a car with him and the rest of that crew you guys put on to get out there to <laughs> Omaha. Yeah, uh, it was it was interesting, but uh, I, I – I could not have made it without Stoltz because we shared some driving and so worked out well. And you know what? That's that's now the, the, the second time I've been to Omaha. I've done it that way both ways, where I've driven, uh, kind of carpooled a little bit. And besides the fact that it saves a lot of money, I, I kind of enjoy being out, getting to see you know different parts of the country and enjoying it. So yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> that's awesome. Jason Caldwell is here with us from inside the Auburn Tigers at ITAT. Jason on Twitter is how you could follow his work. It's so busy for Auburn Athletics this week because then we saw the NBA draft come and go last night. And boy, the scene for Auburn to have two first round draft selections. Uh, they're really knocking down walls and barriers and putting this program in spots. We haven't seen it before. Your takeaways from last night, Jason, or what? Yeah, we're just talking about program and the value of it. And I mean, we saw it last night in Auburn basketball. We've seen it now continuing over the years. And, and, you know, I grew up watching basketball. I grew up watching and listening to Chuck Person and Chris Morris and, and those guys play and then watching those guys in the NBA and, once again, thinking, that's just how it is. You know, Auburn's going to have these guys in the NBA all the time. And then you look up and it's a long time between Marquis Daniels and, and then when Bruce Pearl gets here, guys start making it back to the league. Um, that's a huge gap. But it, it just shows you um, development, recruiting, uh, culture, all those things, how valuable it is and, Man, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, you, you start putting Auburn basketball now in, in a group of, I don't know, seven or eight schools in the country that you start talking about, you know, where do you want to go to be a potential first rounder and, and to, to make that jump to the NBA? Never in our lifetime would we have ever thought Auburn would be in that conversation. And it is now, and it's going to stay in that conversation for, for you know, I think a while to come. We saw earlier this week, or, or got to hear from Coach Pearl himself even, Jason. I'd like you to comment on this, but you've got the, the draft last night. They've already had one Israel practice. He's talking about a practice today. I mean, he's all over the place, from Brooklyn back to Auburn, and now this team's getting ready to really jump in uh, to next season, it appears, with this Israel trip and just the benefits of being able to go some, play some competition. 
Yeah, and uh, he was also in Omaha as well. He, he made a trip all out over there the place, a, man. Yeah, I mean that's just who he is. He's Mr. Energy. But uh, the players feed off that. The programs, the fans, everybody feeds off of it. And yeah, you're right. Now it's about just starting the, the the development of the next roster, putting those pieces together with the newcomers, a really talented class coming in. Um, getting Alan Flanagan back healthy. How how that much that transforms the roster is, is going to be intriguing to watch. So. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of fun times ahead. Jason Caldwell joining us here on the program as we get set for football. We're now counting down the days. It's 71, 70, some odd days away from uh, the start of Auburn football and their first game out there on the field. Like, what's the big talking point now for you, Jason? Or, or what's kind of helping you get motivated to know what's next for this Auburn team? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's it's obviously one is quarterback, how, how that race develops, what happens at the quarterback position moving forward and then Playmaker. That, that, that's the two things that come to mind from a quarterback playmaker. Got to find a quarterback and who steps up as a playmaker for this offense. I mean, and Tank Bigsby is a guy that can be a playmaker, but nowadays in, in, in the world of football, it's almost impossible to be a playmaker at running back unless you got playmakers at wide receiver to, to take some of that pressure off. And so I think it's dependent on finding some playmakers at wide receiver. So, and, and quite honestly, that may be job number one for me, uh, even ahead of who the quarterback's going to be. First thing you got to do is find some guys that can go get the ball and make plays with the balls in their hands and, and do those things. And that, to me, is, is the difference in, in a team that, you know, um, is fighting and calling and scratching to a team that can go out there and compete. With, I think with anybody um, on a given Saturday, if you can find those guys. Because I think the line of scrimmage has shown they can compete. Uh, obviously, defensively, I think you got the guys that can go out there and compete. Can you make enough plays and big plays on offense to take some of the pressure off that run game? Take a little bit of time off, Jason. It's uh, been so busy for you, I'm sure, and uh, the time is always greatly appreciated. Looking forward to catching up with you as, as fall camp nears as we get closer to SEC Media Days. And, again, thanks for the time on the phone today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Jason Caldwell. Again, please follow him on Twitter at ITAT Jason. Support what they're doing there with Inside the Auburn Tigers and Auburn Undercover. They've got a great beat there following all things Auburn athletics. All right, let's get set to take our next commercial break here on the program alongside Brooks Childress and Cam Berry. My name is JJ Jackson. We'll be back in just one moment. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Beery and Brooks Childress. Our thanks again to Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers for joining us there a moment ago to talk about uh, everything. He's so good at covering all the sports, baseball, 
already reloaded. A lot yeah. of transfers already yeah. saying they're coming in. And you missed one more. Uh, they got Will Cannon, a right-handed pitcher, coming in from uh, West Florida. That's right. Yep. Several players so got, coming in, guys, uh, coming man. in to play on the team next so year. So excited to see how that so how uh, how that works out. Yeah. For Butch Thompson and his staff. Yeah, they did great things this year. and get some continuity. Right. We'll see if we're able to do it again next season. Uh, Basketball, of course, we've been talking a lot about Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and how their evenings went last night. And then football. I mean, talking about what's next for this football team, there's still kind of questions that people have going into the season. Yeah, still waiting on to see who who Auburn's starting quarterback is going to be. Um, a lot of people still think it's T.J. Finley's job to lose. Apparently, that's a big question, yeah, Cam. I, I who mean, your quarterback's you know, going to be? Apparently, yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, apparently that's a big thing. You know, <laughs> I, I guess you know that. I mean, it's not like they you know run the entire offense or anything like that. No big deal. Um, so we'll, we we just kind of have to wait and see. You know, I, I'm I'm sure we'll in the month of July. I think I'm sure we'll get a uh, an answer to that. Um, I think they'll give that up before August comes around. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see. You know, I think it's going to come down to either TJ Finley or Zach Calzada. And I think if it's not Finley, then, um, you know, I, I think we kind of see him drop down a little bit in the depth chart as well, probably to like third string um, to where Robbie's our second guy and, and uh, Calzada's leading the way. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see. I'm uh, kind of excited to see, see where, where that race does end up um, and who, who ends up getting that initial call. Um, but, you know, it's exciting. What do you got about football next season, Brooks, and, and as it gets closer? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be very uh, interesting yeah. to see who gets what, – what players get taken. And, and I know people, you know, maybe read too much into some of the stuff. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see who gets taken to SEC Media Days this year, uh, what three players are, are brought up there from the Tigers. Uh, I don't think a quarterback is going to make the trip. I, I don't think – I, I – I'm of the opinion that I don't think we're going to know the quarterback uh, until mid-August when, after they mid get through August. some of the fall camp because hey. um, fall yeah. camp doesn't start until last week of July, maybe. And I think first weekend of August is definitely when, when that's going to get uh, really ramped up. So I don't think we know until the middle of, middle of, uh, middle of August. And really, if you want to be really honest – uh, I don't know if we know who the true starter is until that third week of the college football season when yeah, you're going up against Penn State. Two. Yeah, because you're fair. gonna you're gonna name a starter. There's gonna be a starting quarterback right. for that Mercer game and for that San Jose State game. But I would not be shocked if because Zach Calzada has not had as much time practicing full reps because he's been recovering from injury. Right. That they go a little bit more dual quarterback in those first two games against Mercer and San Jose State, and then I think Mercer definitely. You Easy go full, win. you go full yeah. dual quarterback. The San Jose State game, I think you start to get a little bit more feel of who's actually going to be the starter, and then whoever starts that uh, Penn State game, I, d- I don't think you can afford to go dual threat against a, a team like Penn State. They're just so so talented. No, They're a team yeah. that can challenge for that Big Ten. Only one. Um, and and so unless it gets to a dire situation, I think you're going to find out who your true starter is at that that third game. And I know a lot of people aren't going to like that. I know a lot of people want to know who the starting quarterback is going to be right now because. Everybody, you know that that's the big topic is the four, the the five most known people in the state of Alabama are the governor, both head football coaches, the Auburn and Alabama, and then both starting quarterbacks of Auburn, Alabama, and especially when you've got a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback 
returning yeah. on the other side of the state. It's kind of a big deal. If you're Auburn, you want to know who your starting quarterback is. If you're Auburn fans, you want to know who your starting quarterback is. But because the two guys that everyone's talking about, T.J. Finley and Zach Calzada, are the two that we assume, right. obviously we're not Brian Harson, we're not that the offensive staff, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but because we need we want to because those are the two guys that we assume is going to be between I, I think it takes a little bit longer to know who the starting quarterback is going to be because Zach Calzada has not practiced in full and that throughout the spring since he's gotten here it's a question that remains to be answered of course as Auburn gets set to play the 2022 season and you do have so many different options at quarterback we've got plenty of time to be talking about those things we're due up against another break here on the program when we come back more sports call give us a call talk to us 334-887-3401 sports call continues in a moment Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, moving along on Sports Call here, WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Our show is available on the Sports Call podcast. After the fact, if you missed any other show, if you want to go back and listen, hey, did you hear these guys talk about this on Sports Call when you're at dinner? Tell them about the Sports Call podcast so you can find a way to listen to the show on demand. You can find it on our Tiger Communications app or on uh, thousands of different podcast platforms. It feels like Apple Podcasts in particular, it's a five-star Friday Please leave us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast platform. Please. means the world when you do that. Uh, Brooks, what have we done on the show to this week? This week? Like, what, what are some things to really promote that people can go back and listen to? Hijinks and tomfoolery. Yes. That's my description. Anything more specifically? Um, well, we've got rave reviews from our Wacky Wednesday stories yeah. from Tom Peavy, if you missed some of those. Jeez, have people been hitting us up about those? The uh, truth is sometimes scarier than fiction i can't ever remember how he says it but it's, he says it very well uh he had some Does good stories stranger than fiction maybe yeah maybe it's stranger than fiction stranger things do 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 uh so that that was wednesday that was some fun time we also had another edition of uh sports calls uh are you smart in the fifth grader on tuesday with our good friend jared dillard was in studio and had debates uh, once again for about the seventeenth time since we started. As if these questions are actually fifth grade or fourth grade questions, um, I feel like it's just the ones that you get wrong. Yeah, that you're you're upset that that you those can't be first grade questions or something. Uh, but that was fun. And then we've also had some great interviews throughout the week. If you missed uh, Jason Caldwell uh, just moments ago, his his uh, interview will be up a little bit later on on our podcast feed. We also had uh, Ben Golliver was yesterday. Uh, if you want to hear about some of the NBA draft stuff that we talked about with him, that was fun. Uh, and lots and lots of other interviews throughout the week. Uh, we had uh, Cole Pinkston was earlier this week talking a little recruiting stuff. And so there's all sorts of fun fun uh, stuff to go find on those podcast feeds. So many awesome things take place on this show. And we talked about the draft going in to last night. 
talking about the draft today after the fact. Again, Jabari Smith is heading to the Houston Rockets. Walker Kessler, his NBA draft career starts with the Minnesota Timberwolves, drafted by the Grizzlies, but then traded. Here's Walker Kessler last night. Auburn fam, you know, it's your boy Walker. Um, you know, I just want to just want to say, you know, I couldn't be in this position without y'all. Um, you know, y'all have done so much for me. And I know Jabari feels the same way. So from, you know, me, Jabari, we just want to say thank you. Uh, y'all have been unbelievable. And, you know, moving forward, you know, I'll always be an Auburn Tiger. War Eagle. A lot of love there from Walker Kessler. Always will be an Auburn Tiger. That's good stuff. It's a little dusty in here. <laughs> That's oh. uh, always fun to hear them shout out the schools that they only for one year for both oh. of those guys only one season. For them to only be here for one year and for for them to you know shout out Auburn like that and and just the impact that the Auburn community, the Auburn family, you know, the staff has had on them and just being there, being here for one year. It just again, it's just a testament to Bruce Pearl, to the Auburn family, to the basketball program, to everything, and how how we treat our athletes. It's just, it's just amazing. I just, I just love it, and it it's just something to be so proud of. If I'm being honest, just how we carry ourselves. I love it. Pretty awesome it to is. see them be able to start their NBA careers Man. the way they did right, last night. Right, and you know they're they're starting their careers and they're still shouting us out. Um, I'm excited to see Walker um, in Minnesota. I don't know about you, Brooks. I, I think, um, you know, the organization, you know, might have a little bit of a question mark, yeah. but, you know, with how they run their their stuff. But, you know, playing underneath Cat, um, they're, they're a young team. Um, I would say relatively young team. So I, I think um, seeing and watching them, uh, I think Walker will get a, a decent amount of playing time as a backup center, um, and he can develop pretty well. I mean, I think – you know, he could obviously work on the three um, a little bit more, but, you know, that, that just takes with development, and I think he'll he'll be in a decent situation to be able to, to do that, to just kind of develop just a little bit more and see see where that takes him. And the team showed some uh, some promises past yeah, year, making that did. playoff, exactly. playing the tournament. Yes, so they're, beating the Clippers. They've got, some, they've got some opportunities there to do some big things, and I think Walker can be a very big, important part of that is if he uh, continues his development the way he is right now. Let's get a phone call in. 334-887-3401. few minutes left here in hour number two of the program. Joining us now on the show... Tony from Tuskegee. Tony has called into Sports Call today. Hi there, Tony. Yeah, how y'all doing? Great. How about yourself, sir? All right, yeah. I was talking basketball back when Auburn was, was in his glory days. And um, but this year, and the conversation I brought up was about Walker Kessler being a first-round pick. And he, was, he, he did, in fact, turn out to be a first-round pick. Yeah. yeah, and I just imagine what a kid, uh, the 22nd pick in the NBA draft, what does he need to come back to school and get a degree? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think he's making a right decision. Yeah, he's going to sure. get a lot of money and uh, obviously get to start a professional career playing basketball at the highest level. A great decision by Walker was made. Well, yeah, I mentioned that before he even left. Before you all was contemplating on him saying he's probably coming back to school. But that guy was the uh, what number one what defensive player of the year in the SEC? Yes, in the, the Nace, entire country. Yeah, yeah Nace's defensive like player I of the told, year. Like I told you, 
you can teach everything except height. Yep, I agree. Yeah, you can teach everything except height. I've been trying to figure out how to get taller my whole life, Tony, and apparently I don't have a whole lot of luck. You just can't learn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but I'm glad. I'm 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 glad for. I'm glad to see all kids, especially from this area, whether it's Alabama, Auburn, anybody from this area, succeed and be successful. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Good to hear from you. That's our buddy Tony from Tuskegee calling in to join the program. And, yeah, Walker Kessler, Naismith Defensive Player of the Year, and now gets to start his NBA career. Again, not going to Memphis, is heading up to Minnesota. Bit of a different climate, uh, those two areas. But uh, he's joining a young and -and up-and-coming team. That's going to be really fun and exciting and going to get paid a lot of money on top of it, guys. Yeah, a lot, a lot of money, Um, both – Kessler and and uh, Jabari, it's just you know so exciting to see. Like I said, keep saying it over and over again. Just um, how these guys have represented Auburn is just amazing, and how they've given and shown love back to the program is something that is you know it's invaluable when you're recruiting. If you're if you're Bruce Pearl and his staff, and and just you know how they go about themselves, how they're true Auburn men and. Uh, showing love to the family, like Walker said, you know he and Jabari are both grateful for everything that um, the Auburn family has brought to them, and and it's just amazing to hear. But at see. the same time, it's okay to say that Walker yeah. Kessler made the right decision. Oh, he definitely made the to right leave decision. school. It's oh, okay yeah. that he only oh, played for one year. Definitely okay. I mean, when you're the def- defensive player of the year, you know, I mean, easily the best, you know, interior defender in in the nation, you know. And then he went in, he tested the waters. It seemed as though you know he was getting plenty of feedback um, that he was going to be a drafted player. Um, you know he was the top player in his class, you know the year before and or two years before, um, so or at least in the state of Georgia. And so you know I, I think it was only a matter of time before he he was going to get drafted. And I think he got into the right system with Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers, and it it just kind of showcased everything that he could do. Love it. Love it so much, and uh, obviously excited about what's coming for Auburn basketball next season. These guys starting their NBA careers and uh, all of that. All right, we've reached the end of the hour. One more hour left to go here on Sports Call. Thanks again to Tony for giving us a call just a moment ago. You can call in and chat with us as well. 334-887-3401. Alongside Cam Berry and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620, WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. 
Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson, the host of the show, alongside Cam Berry and Brooks Childress from Insider Studios here on South College Street. We hope that you're doing well on this Friday. It's a fun Friday, getting you set for the weekend. And uh, before we get the hour started, let's do this. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Our Daily Show Recap. Brooks Childress, what has taken place on the show today? Well, we've been talking about the NBA draft last night. Javari Smith going number three overall to the Houston Rockets. Walker Kessler being selected by technically the Memphis Grizzlies, but he will not play a second for the Grizzlies to start with. He will be a Minnesota Timberwolf. Not a second. <laughs> Uh, he will be a Minnesota Timberwolf after being traded, his draft rights being traded last night. So we talked about that. We talked about uh, some Auburn baseball with uh, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers. We also, of course, talked with some NBA with him too. But mostly Auburn baseball as Auburn wrapped up their season earlier this week, falling to the Arkansas Razorbacks 11-1 in that elimination game on Tuesday night. And uh, we've also talked about Freddie Freeman's return to the Atlanta Braves happening tonight. He'll get his World Series ring before that game gets underway tonight and then he will face the Braves for the first time at Truist Park this year. The Dodgers took two out of three earlier in the uh, in the year at Dodger Stadium. The Braves looking to return the favor this weekend in Atlanta as they get ready to go and as I said earlier Freddie Freeman will face Ian Anderson for the first time ever tonight take his first hacks against Ian Anderson in live baseball action tonight and so how do you think that's going to go? Uh, hopefully in Ian Anderson's favor, but, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's weird because you know the guys and you've, you've obviously, I'm sure you've taken some, uh, some swings against them in spring training workouts and such, but this is live baseball. This is in front of 43,000 fans sitting there waiting to see what you're going to do. And, uh, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun weekend for the Atlanta Braves and a lot of people making their way out to Atlanta this weekend going to be part of that those festivities over the weekend see the Braves in action against the Dodgers and this is the last time the Braves will see the Dodgers this year unless they meet in the postseason Brooks there's one headline from this week uh that uh or from yesterday that we didn't get a chance to really touch on too deeply on yesterday's <coughs> program and that is that uh, a recruitment came to a close yesterday Arch Manning committed to Damn. Texas he's going to go join the Texas Longhorns this of course is the nephew of Peyton and Eli Manning his father, Cooper, was their brother. And uh, pay Arch Manning, the top quarterback prospect, top player in the country in the class of 2023, is going to Texas. I didn't really care where he went as long as it wasn't UGA or Alabama. So you did care where he went. Well, because it was down to just <laughs> Texas. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, fair enough. But dang, I really, I just did not – I could see UGA fans – on my timeline because you know i yeah. have friends that are from georgia they're like yeah we're getting arch man and we're getting him, we're getting him but i mean for the for most of it it seemed like texas was the front runner for most of his yeah. recruitment um so for him to finally to to commit there um was you know good for him five days um, before his commitment yep. to texas his tight end at high school committed, committed to, texas. to texas so texas, he and his yep. high school teammate are going to go play there for the longhorns 
I'll tell you what, Auburn and, and Tennessee fans are both rejoicing because if he had gone to Bama or gone to Georgia, he'd have to play him for every year that he Man. was there. Yeah, bro. Um, but, yeah, uh, he – it was uh, – you know, after Alabama got that uh, – I don't remember the kid's name, the five-star commitment. Holdstein, Eli Holdstein. That guy. Um, a couple weeks ago, it got to be where it was down to Georgia and Texas, and there was a lot of people that thought he was going to go to Georgia. There was a lot of people that he said he was leaning that way and that he had a great time in his visit and that it, it was Kirby Smart had done a really good job of setting that up. But Steve Sarkeesian was able to pull the rug out from under uh, from, from out under Kirby Smart's feet and grab Arch Manning. And I'll tell you what, if uh, – He's probably going to be there at least one year into the into the SEC realm because he's coming in. He's going to be a freshman what next year? Yeah, twenty twenty three. And Texas is supposed to be in when twenty twenty five is there is the year. So he'd have to be there for three years to be able to uh, go to the NFL. So the SEC will see one year of Arch Manning coming up here in a few years. And if Auburn gets him, get has to go up against him. That's one year you have to go up against him. Rather than three years, you have to potentially go up against him. I think the biggest. Um, Biggest thing now is you've got some good quarterbacks already, and one in particular is um, is it Ewers Quinn Ewers Quinn yeah. Ewers at Texas. What happens there? Does it, it, if he's able to separate himself and he's able to be a really really good quarterback? And Sarkeesian's like, hey Arch, you know, glad you're here, but this guy's really good. We're gonna let him go. Does Arch transfer? Does Ewers transfer if Arch comes in and says and wins yeah, the job right out the bat? Himself, it's it's as a Manning like he is. It's so. <laughs> weird and so it's the this time of college football this this season we are in of college football that you can get a five-star kid but you've got to keep them on campus like it, right you, it, people always used to talk about you got to keep recruiting them when they're on campus and you're like yeah yeah but you know if they transfer they got to sit out a year or something now with and i with yeah. with different you know with the transfer portal and you're able to go you're getting a, a well, you can be wavered and you can get that one-time transfer and there's other schools that are out there that, you know, even though they, you know, you're not recruiting, there's been a lot of people that say, you know, a lot of big prospects this year that uh, a lot of people have claimed that have been recruited away from their their system. I think one of the big ones was uh, Pittsburgh accused some, uh, was it accused USC yeah. of, tra- of, of yes, tamper, tampering. of quote unquote tampering with uh, their wide receiver that, yeah. that ended up transferring there. Addison. So. It's it's a college football is just the wild west as it continues to be and as as it, it seems like it's been forever, um, but Arch Manning really really good quarterback and now extremely good quarterback man the the now that he's made his decision and he's going to Texas I saw the quote earlier from Peyton Manning he's just got to sit back and enjoy his senior year right. like people we the people are going to write articles and talk about oh he's coming to Texas and what is Texas going to look like all he's got to do is sit there and enjoy his senior year of college. Yep. And play and play football and be with his guys down there in high school. I said senior of college, senior of high school. Be <laughs> with his guys down there in high school, and then just focus on this year and not have to deal with the commitment. All you know, deal with all the 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 coaches coming and calling and everything. Yep, yep. And obviously, no there's more noise. St- there's still going to be coaches that calling because oh, yeah. he's just committed. He hasn't signed anywhere. He can't sign anywhere just yet. So there's still going to be some coaches that reach out and say, hey. Are you sure? But it doesn't have Try to be this whole recruitment away. process anymore. Yeah, def- definitely something that'll be um, to- worth watching in his senior year. But you're right, Brooks. You know all that noise. You know of being the number one overall player in his class and all that stuff. You know it, it can it's di- it'll be died down a little bit. And you're right, he'll be able to enjoy his senior year of high school. You know maybe break a few records. I'm sure. Um, do you know just and just enjoy himself. 
He'll find a way to make yeah. headlines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In some form or fashion. He doesn't have to do anything. He's Arch Manning. He's yeah. going to have headlines. Do anything. Brooks, once again, mm. you're just elite. Like, everything about the way you just set that up was absolutely elite because we want to be able to hear from Peyton Manning ourselves. It's Arch Manning. He's heading to Texas. Here's what Peyton Manning had to say. You know, Eli and I just... Like I said, we're his uncle, tried to be there as a resource, and uh, obviously our names get brought up a lot, you know, because we're his uncles, but, uh, uh, you know, really, really, you know, proud of him for the way he's handled the whole thing. I think it would have been a lot different for you, Peyton, if there would have been social media around? Yeah, there's no doubt it's different, and it starts starts much earlier you know, than it did, but, uh, um, you know, I, to me, anybody that gets recruited, you know, deserves a chance to enjoy their, you know, high school experience, right? And you know, try to, you know, high school football was one of the great uh, times of my life. And in, in Canton, uh, this past August, uh, you know, I had Broncos teammates, I had Colts teammates, Tennessee teammates, I had Newman teammates. I had, you know, maybe 10, 10 guys that I played high school football with, and the relationships you make in high school just don't go away. So. Um, uh, that's why I'm, I'm glad for his sake that, that he made this decision. And uh, I, um, I did have a conversation with him uh, last week after he made his last visit, just because he kind of asked about sort of when I made my decision. And I just remember as soon as I got back from my last visit, I, I, I basically announced where I was going two days later because I knew. You know, when you know, you know. And there's no point in dragging it out and you know creating some drama. And I'm not a big fan of the the hat reveal, you know, the whole deal. So I know that's part of the show now, but I kind of liked how he did it. Once he knew, he, he you know, sent the word out, and uh, now it's just on to being a senior in high school. That's Peyton Manning talking about his nephew, Arch Manning, committing to play football at Texas this week is the Manning Passing Academy, where it's pretty much a who's who of uh, yeah. college football quarterbacks that get a chance to go and work out there in Thibodeau, Louisiana. So that was uh, Peyton Manning talking about Arch Manning's recruitment and Brooks. Uh, he was talking about, and Cam in particular, the difference in recruiting from when Peyton was coming out in, in the 90s and, and now all of a sudden social media is the way it is for Arch's uh, recruitment. Yeah, there's no telling. You know, I, I I can just, you know, just the differences with, you know, social media and just every different way that there's an avenue that some type of news could come out. You know, just in that sense is just I'm sure it's just mind boggling, especially when you're, you know, that popular of a recruit and and you hold the name that you hold, you know, being a Manning, I, I you know, football yeah, royalty in that sense is just absolutely crazy. I'm sure, you know, just I, I couldn't imagine. I, I know it's a lot. No doubt about that. Yeah, no I, doubt. I just, there's no telling, man. Uh, let's, uh, let's take our next commercial break. When we come back, we'll have more sports call right after this on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here with Cam Berry and Brooks Childress on this Friday, a fun Friday. Got a lot of different headlines to talk about. 
Again, obviously, the big news last night was the NBA draft and, and learning the NBA teams and destinations for the Auburn Tigers. Walker Kessler will be playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're a part of the Western Conference. Another Western Conference team in the NBA is the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets held on to the number three overall pick in the draft. And they selected Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith will go and play for the Houston Rockets this upcoming season to start his career. And just a moment ago on radio in Houston on ESPN 97.5, Auburn men's basketball head coach Bruce Pearl told them about Jabari Smith. He was the easiest kid I've ever coached. Absolutely. Um, he wanted to win. That's all he wanted to do. He wanted to come in. He wanted to get better. He wanted to be a great teammate and, and, and get to know his teammates, become friends with his teammates, become brothers with his teammates and family, and that's how he approached it. Uh, he, he only made winning plays. It wasn't about him. It was about how he could help us uh, because he just he just he had a great understanding and, and, and a great feel um, and he was mature beyond his years he just turned 19 in May and yet the way he approaches his business is very professional that's Bruce Pearl talking about Jabari Smith and the player that the Houston Rockets are going to get Brooks nothing that we haven't heard him say before but uh, it's awesome to see the Houston market now getting to understand their newest draft selection. Uh, and I, not a shock that they're not they're they're uh, trying to get you know all the info they want on them because, I mean, if you're it's a big Houston, investment to make. Well, also if you're a Houston fan, you kind of you know you knew about Jabari Smith, but you weren't expecting him to be there at right. that, that yeah. spot. You're expecting uh, you know Paolo Bancaro there as yep. uh, if you looked at what all the experts are saying, um, you expected Jabari Smith to be a a Thunder or a magic and you expected Chet Holmgren to be gone before you got there and you so you expect oh we're going to get you know a Paolo Bangiro or maybe a Jaden Ivey uh with this third pick and you know we're that's going to be great but you know you're sitting there if you're a Rockets fan and you watch uh Jabari Smith get taken uh or you watch uh Bangiro get taken with that first pick you're like all right we're going to either we can we can get one of these two top guys and then you saw uh Chet Holmgren get taken you're like all right you you start to think like yeah you we you notice, like, yeah, we, we can get Jabari Smith at this spot, at the third spot. And if, you know, you you got you weren't prepared to have him if you were a Houston fan. And so now you're sitting there and you're trying to get everything, all the information on him. So great job for Bruce Pearl being out there. Yeah. Got to get a, a – that's a good guess booking there uh, for that program there to understand, okay, who's this guy coming in to play for our team? And um, now the NBA draft is coming on. We'll see guys participate in Summer League. Auburn's got uh, now six players – uh, on rosters in the NBA. A couple of guys obviously fighting yeah, for spots and will play in the summer league. But when you talk about Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and their situation, Chima Okiki with the Orlando Big Magic, uh, JT Thor with the Hornets, you've got Sharif Cooper with the Atlanta Hawks, and then Sir. Isaac Okoro with the Caps. Those are your six NBA guys. So we've seen Bryce Brown and Jared Harper get some run at the professional level. So we just need those guys to get their full-time contracts settled and that sort of thing. But six Auburn players in the NBA now. It's crazy. It, it hasn't been like that before. Yeah, I mean, it's so exciting to see. Um, I, I really am hoping, uh, with in, in the case of Sharif, because, you know, Isaac is is a solidified uh, guy, you know, in, in there. And Sharif's been going, going kind of going back and forth. Same with JT, kind of going back and forth between the G League, kind of on, you know, like little two-way contracts. Yeah. Um, you definitely – 
definitely would love to see uh, Sharif get some more playing time with the Hawks on their full roster. Um, you know, he, he is a little bit undersized, um, but his vision as a passer is something, you know, he, I mean, he's just extremely gifted in that sense. You know, he's, he's, he and Trey Young, they're on the same team and they were the only two in college, in college basketball history. I want to say to average, was it 20 and 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, come on, you know, you, you with something like that, I think you'd want to kind of see how he fares on your on your professional roster, um, and not just in your G League affiliate. I mean, he was going off in the G League as well, where he was, you know, getting absolute buckets, scoring. He had, I think he had a triple double at one point. He had, I, I think, a game where he had like five or six threes, thirty five points. He's had a forty two point game in the G League. So, I mean, he's he still has a high ability to score. You know, even though he's undersized, and it's not like those guys in the G Leagues are slouches. Obviously, you know, there's a different level between the nba and the g league but um i I would love to see sharif um get get a little bit get get a little bit of run he i have his jersey i got his jersey for christmas last year and i i love that thing you want to be able to wear it more i want to be able to wear it more man you know represent let let him show out some i i think he'll uh i think he'll hopefully get get an opportunity to earn some some good backup minutes behind trey this year i would love to see that um, so yeah, and and just all these other Auburn players, you know, same with JT Thor. Um, I, I don't know how has he looked on on Charlotte's roster with with him. He, you know, he's going back and forth. I'm sure um, with is it? I don't know if it's it's not Buzz City. I don't really know what's y'all's G League affiliate. The Greensboro Swarm. Greensboro, the Swarm. That's yep. what it is. Um, yep. So you know him going back and forth with the Swarm, but I, I I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. You know he's developed for a year and he's gone back and forth as well. Um, so I, I mean I don't see why you know he wouldn't get an opportunity because um, you know he's a good defender. He's the wingspan's long. crazy. Yeah, he's long, it's uh, you, know, you know we yeah, talked about that with can, Tony when he called in a little bit. Or you can't shoot. teach size. No, you can't you teach can't. height. You can't teach that size and that height, and he's a good defender. He's long. He can shoot the three. Um, I think he would go very well with LaMelo. Um, so, you know, I, I don't see, I don't know. We'll see. We, we, we have a lot of promising guys that Auburn has put into the league that could get some opportunities this year to really shine and put um, in some backup roles um, and get some significant minutes, and that could really, you know, be impactful for the program for the Auburn program as well. Another testament to Bruce putting more guys that are in the NBA. You know, we're talking Falcons a lot. We're talking Braves a lot with the market and uh, with what we represent here. A good number of Hawks fans as well. Atlanta gets uh, AJ Griffin with the 16th pick. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, really good about that pick. I, I liked it. There was a lot of speculation that we might not even use the pick. We might use it in a trade because we've had some speculation with John Collins and his and maybe he getting traded to. Um, I saw he he might get traded. He could have gotten traded to San San Antonio for Jonte Murray. So that might have played a little bit of a part in it. So we we might not even use the pick. We might package it and send it with John Collins. Sacramento. We kind of saw that a little bit where we might trade up for the fourth pick. So then give sacramento our 16th pick but that didn't end up happening which i'm glad it did not end up happening um i would love john collins to stay on the roster aj griffin though good three and d guy you know duke guy um so i'm I'm sure you know you're got a lot of those yeah yeah you know sure you're happy about that another duke guy joining jalen johnson um i'm hoping that he will get some playing time uh, because we need some good perimeter defenders and he is a good perimeter defender and we need a little bit more shooting um our offense was 
top 10 in the league. Um, but, you know, you can never have enough shooters. And a 3 and D guy is so invaluable in the NBA nowadays because you want that guy that can that can be around the, the perimeter. Um, you know, we, we have good paint defenders already. Um, we, we struggled with perimeter defense. That was something that the Hawks were very, very lacking. Um, so, you know, hopefully – uh, he'll get some minutes. I'm skeptical about it because Nate McMillan doesn't really like to play rookies. Um, he likes to keep them down and keep them developed. But, you know, what what better way to develop them than to give them minutes in the NBA? That's where the, they were. That's what they were drafted for. Yeah. So, played at a big program, yeah. played on a good play, stage. Uh, and, you know, he, for Duke, I think he's ready. And you know? uh, he, he grew up in a basketball family. Yeah. His dad played for the Mavericks, uh, played in the NBA for 10 seasons, was on the Mavericks team that lost to the Heat. In the 2006 finals, his dad an assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors. So that's going to be fun every time the Hawks play the right. Raptors. AJ's going to be going up against his pops over there on the bench. Uh, and then one of the best shooters in college basketball this past season. For the majority of the year, he was over 50%, 50% from on, the three-point line. 97 attempts. In ACC play, he did stay yes. above that number. And then tournament tailed off a little bit, unfortunately, but but really productive stuff. I was trying to go back and find that Trey Young and Sharif Cooper stat yeah. because I do remember it being a thing. Mm-hmm. And in the last 30 years, only two freshmen in college basketball averaged 20 points and eight assists per game. Was it eight? And it was Sharif okay. Cooper and Trey Young. Uh, but uh, just kind of talking about how good those guys were as college players, and now they're in the same backcourt there with Atlanta. Yeah, would love to see them both – I, I just think that Sharif will run that second offense so perfectly. You know, he might not be able to shoot at the clip that Trey can, but, you know, I don't think we necessarily need that because in the second unit we have plenty of scores that will be able to make up for that. We just need somebody that will be that ball handler that will be able to facilitate and and keep things going. Uh, I think that's what the, one of the biggest problems is that when we didn't have Trey out there, a primary ball handler, we struggled to get the ball around and then every the, the offense just got stagnant and we just kind of you know fell apart with the second unit we'd have to rush trey in and then he'd you know kind of have to save us a little bit sometimes where we'd win games um so i, I really am hoping that sharif will get get the opportunity to to run the hawks second offense especially now that we're not going to have i i don't think we're bringing back lou will um you know i i think he's probably done or done with us um, I, I think he'll probably retire, though, honestly. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that leaves open a spot. And I don't see why, you know, Sharif can't take it and, and hopefully take that next step. He thinks he's ready. You know, I've seen reports where he says, you know, I would love to get minutes, real actual minutes that have meaning um, in the league and, and um, take that next step. I, and I, I think he can do it. A lot of things happening. The NBA draft last night. And uh, we'll get you set for the weekend ahead here on this Friday edition of Sports Call. A fun Friday here. J.J. Jackson alongside Cam Berry and Brooks Childress. Before our final break of the program, how about we do this? Sports Calls, what to watch for over the weekend. What to watch for over the weekend. Brooks Childress, I turn it over to you, my friend, as uh, up the road, up I-85. You take it up that way, you're going to find this city called Atlanta, Georgia, home to the Atlanta Braves, and they're going to welcome back Freddie Freeman, a World Series champion, a league MVP, 
and uh, he's coming back to receive his World Series ring playing for the Dodgers. We've got Braves and Dodgers for three games. Yeah, it's going to be really, really big series this weekend. We talked about it earlier. you got three all-night games, all prime time. Uh, you got one, the Sunday night game was, or the Sunday game was flexed into Sunday night baseball. It was originally supposed to be like a one o'clock start Eastern time, but Sunday night baseball said, no, we'll take this National one. National TV. And, yeah. And so you've got three games against the Dodgers. You get it started tonight with Julio Urias versus Ian Anderson on the mound. Um, all of the, I think the only three uh, Atlanta batters that are on the roster right now, Mike Ford, Michael Harris, and Matt Olson are the only three that have not had career at-bats against Julio Urias. On the other side of that, you know, you've know, you got several guys in the Dodgers lineup. Most importantly, Freddie Freeman has never faced Ian Anderson in a competitive baseball game, and he will do that for the first time in the first inning tonight. In the top of the first inning, you will see that. Uh, and right you know, right now, we, we talked about it. Freddie Freeman had a really good series against the, uh, the Reds this week, and that's unfortunately uh, the the bad news for the Braves fans. Is they don't want to see the, the Freddie Freeman getting hot right now as you're coming into Atlanta for the weekend. But it's going to be a really fun series no matter what happens. Uh, hopefully, if you're a Braves fan, you can at least win two out of three at home against these Dodgers. Repay them for losing two out of three in L.A. earlier this year and get set for a big uh, series next week on the road at the Phillies. What to watch for over the weekend? We've got the College World Series National Championship being played between the Ole Miss Rebels, the Oklahoma Sooners. And, uh, Cam, you were saying you think Ole Miss has what it takes. The former number one team yeah. in the country, they've been playing good baseball. You think they can win and beat Oklahoma? Yeah, I think they have a chance for sure. Um, they're The pitcher that really gave Auburn a lot of trouble, uh, Delusia, yeah. p- pitched a complete game. You know, it's Against things, Arkansas yeah, to against close Arkansas. it out. It's things like that. Um, just the continuation of success and just staying hot that Ole Miss has been able to do. I mean, to blanket an offense like Arkansas is is formidable. You know, it's definitely a challenge, and for him to do it in a complete game, you know, is crazy, you know. It's, no game yeah. tonight. No, no Six game o'clock tonight, right. Central will be game one tomorrow. Right. And then Sunday they'll play at 2 o'clock Central, will Ole Miss in Oklahoma. And if needed, you've got the decisive game three that would be played on Monday night. At six o'clock central, Ole Miss yeah. in Oklahoma. I think it goes three games. You think so? Oh yeah, I think it goes three games. I think Ole Miss will take that first one. I think they'll just kind of switch off, and Ole Miss will take the first and third game. And Oklahoma bounces back in game two, but yep. ultimately a little too much. Brooks, how you feeling? I don't know because I, I think Ole Miss got really is really playing hot right now. I really like their what they've been doing this in the postseason. They've they've dominated uh, when they've been on the field and. But Oklahoma is also a really, really good team, and they've they've had a couple more days to sit there and wait too. They've they've that didn't have to they didn't have to play that second game against Texas A and M. They took took advantage of uh, their, their talent and got the win. Um, I think it's just who manages their pitchers better, and I think that it's going to come down to that's what it's going to come down to who, who's able to manage their pitching a little bit better uh, over the next two games or th- yeah the next three games uh, if you get that far. But I I don't know I. I'm going to go and say Oklahoma. I think they've sat for a day. They, they've got a little bit more rest. They've got their pitchers in, one, in just a little bit better position than Ole Miss. I think Oklahoma gets it done this weekend. I, I also think it goes three games. But I think at the end, Oklahoma's pitching is a little bit more fresher. We go on with our What to Watch for over the weekend, Brooks. We've got the Cup Series back in action for NASCAR. They did not race last weekend for Father's Day weekend. They're back. Nashville Super Speedway, 299 laps, a 1.33-mile track. 
And uh, they race Sunday at 4 o'clock Central Time. Kyle Larson, your defending champ. Can you tell me anything about Nashville? Uh, it's Music City. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Should I think, be a good race. I, I think it, it is. I don't know if Ryan's listening. I think this is the, their. This is the first year they're back at Nash, uh, Nashville after a while. I don't know if they raced there last year. Uh, I get the thumbs up. So they, they. It's the first time they're back at Nashville for a while. So I don't know if I've ever witnessed them race at Nashville. It's been. It's been a few years. So that's reason enough to watch it over the weekend. So then. it's. It's going to be a fun time up there in the Music City. I know a lot. You know, you, Tennessee is a state that's a really, really big into you know a lot of dirt track racing around the state, and so there's a really strong racing culture around. Uh, that state and having NASCAR back in uh, Tennessee, not just in uh, back in Nashville, is uh, is going to be really really fun this weekend. Hopefully, we'll see a really fun race. Uh, last night we saw in baseball what to watch for over the weekend. The Yankees opened up a four game series with the Astros. Oh, they yeah, won on a walk off uh, against Houston. They've played seventy baseball games, seventy. That's a lot. And the Yankees are 52-18. and 18. That is also a lot of wins. Sheesh. So they've That's got the series that will continue against the Houston Astros this weekend, Brooks. And it's, you know, uh, me and Ryan were talking about it yesterday in the office and last night. It's the the fun subplot is can how close can Jordan Alvarez get to Aaron Judge in the home run category? He got one back last night, and it, it looked like earlier in the week that Alvarez, who is just on a tear right now for the Astros, and for you know any fans of baseball, it's just unfortunate that any Astros player is on a tear. Um, but he got closer this past week, and then two days ago, Aaron Judge said, all right, that's close enough, and hit two home runs in yep. a game. And then last night, Alvarez came back and got one back on him. And so it's the it, it right now, you know, thing, p- players can cool off and such, but it looks like it may come down to the at least the AL home run title could come down to these two, and they're playing in uh, middle middle of June. Two more fun headlines for you for uh, college athletics here. Recruiting updates for you, Tommy Tanks. Tommy White from NC State was one of the top transfers, 27 home runs as a freshman. He's heading to LSU. Big-time pickup for the LSU baseball program. Major your pitchers, SEC. And then uh, also Michaela Williams, the number one women's basketball recruit in the class of 2023, committed this morning to Kim Mulkey and the LSU Tigers out Man. of Boster City, Louisiana. Chose LSU over Ole Miss, Baylor, Duke, and Texas A&M. LSU and Kim Mulkey get a big-time commit right there. The so rich get richer. Uh, yeah, they got uh, Tommy White today and Michaela Williams. Pretty good day there for the LSU Tigers. Listen, the gumbo's just good down there. <laughs> you, you go down there and you get a taste of that Cajun cooking, you don't want to go anywhere else. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got your nightly TV guide, and we get out of here here on Sports Call. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, here on this Friday. A fun Friday. Woohoo! JJ with Brooks and Cam. 
Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, tap Enable to use, you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, on this Friday, we do this every single day, so it's not too special, but we want you to know what to watch on television. Here it is. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. All right, a Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw. Brooks, yeah. what is on television tonight? Uh, two movie picks for you this evening. Six o'clock on TNT. Both of these movies are from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, by the way. Ooh. Avengers, Age of Ultron, six nice. o'clock on TNT, the second of the Avengers movies. Okay. Great movie. Um, uh, James Spade, Spader, is the voice of Ultron. Phenomenal actor, in my opinion. Then at 7 o'clock on FX, it's your J.J. Jackson pick of the evening. Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home. Let's go. Yeah. J.J.'s a big Spider-Man fan. My spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> that sounded a little creepy. Uh, sports picks for you this evening. 6 o'clock on ESPNU. It is the Athletes Unlimited. Women's softball continues and is followed by the second game at 8.30. Both of those on ESPNU tonight. 7 o'clock on FS1. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series kicks off the racing weekend with the Rackley Roofing 200 from no. National Speedway. That's really? Right. That's right. The Truck Series is tonight? That's right. I FS1. didn't realize that. That's right. I'm going to have to be tuned in then. You are going to have to be tuned in. Who's racing, Brooks? That's significant. Uh, is that our good friend uh, Brett Holmes? Yes. Heck Brett yeah. Holmes. He's been on the show. Yes, he has. Go listen to we our interview with guy. him on the Sports Call Podcast. Racing! Alright, guys. Here we go. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing at this big old Talladega racetrack, boys. <laughs> Not racing at Talladega, but they are buggity, racing. Buggity, buggity, buggity. 7-10 tonight on ABC. Game 5 between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. Can the Avalanche wrap up the Stanley Cup tonight, or That's will the Tampa big question. Bay uh, force another game, Game 6? Also, 7-30 tonight on ESPN Ados. It is your Greg Lavoie. Pick of the evening. The CFL's back. Yeah. Hamilton Tiger Cats, Winnipeg Blue Bombers from Tim Hortons Field up in Winnipeg. The 8 o'clock tonight, Professional Fighters League is back in Atlanta with PFL 5. You're not a big Professional Fighters League guy. You're more of a UFC guy. I'll be watching Premier League Lacrosse this evening. Oh, you're going to be taking some Drew Carter action yeah, tonight. Yeah, texted with him a little bit earlier today. PLL action, boys. And then at 9 o'clock on CNBC, the USA at Track and Field Outdoor Championships. Day 2 continues tonight. Like I said, 9 o'clock CNBC. There are some Auburn athletes that are competing in the in this, but it does not start. their stuff does not start until tomorrow. They will start Saturday through Tuesday is when they will compete. And then, of course... Your Bill Bailey memorial pick of the evening tonight at seven o'clock on and Fox. Ryan Lavoy. Well, I don't know if he's he's going to be enjoying this. But oh, okay. Your your Bill Bailey memorial pick of the evening seven o'clock on Fox WWE Friday Night SmackDown live from Austin, Texas. Check it out. All right, here's my news that right. I want people to hear. What is and your people news? that care about me deeply? Oh, should be hearing. This. Braves are back tonight as well. They're taking on the uh, they're taking on the Dodgers this weekend. Before I tell you my news, okay. I want to ask this question. What okay. should I be streaming right now? What should you like be streaming? Shows? Yeah. Did you finish Stranger Things? Yes. I just need the new episodes to come out on July 1st. Mm. I'm still and in the middle of the Boy, I'm excited for those. Um, oh, what? Umbrella Academy. Here's my per. 
I have gotten into that a little bit. That's good a show. that's a good show. I'm still in the middle of Hawkeye too. I've got one episode left Dang, of that. That's a good Brooks. show. Yeah, now I'm behind. Come um, on, man. We have therapy. Here's what I realized <laughs> last night. I missed a season of Love Island. Oh, oh goodness, no. dude! I thought that I had You're watched it all, Jay. and I haven't. Stop watching that. I haven't. Reality television, please. I beg of you. There is there, there's Ryan, more content to Ryan be watched. Ryan has come in and he looks just so disappointed. Yeah. So that's pretty well, awesome. Because you Ryan's... continue to watch garbage television. <laughs> stop. I love you guys. <laughs> just stop. Man. You'll feel better for it. <laughs> You'll feel better, we promise. Okay, I've killed the vibes. I know. I've yeah. killed the vibes. <laughs> Brooks, yeah. thanks for being here. I'll Ab- see you next absolutely. week. Absolutely. Cam, we'll see you on Monday. Glad to be here. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, and to all our listeners out there, have a great weekend as well. It's a Friday, and it has come to a close. Thanks again to Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers for joining us on the program today. Alongside Cam Berry and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day. <laughs>